let's get into some Andor. Let's I mean, do it. let's do it. One of one of the most anticipated shows, and not surprising at all for me, of how good Andor is. We finally got an episode for some of the meat and potatoes of it. We got to see Mon Mothma finally introduced. We we got to at least get a glimpse of Luthen's backstory to some extent, uh, and we find out this is all a big money heist. So it's like a big ass bond. It's it's like a bond thriller where it, we're, we're we're trying to get the gold. And what's the money for? To start the to start the rebellion. Mm-hmm. So like the this whole show and how I take it is literally been a breath of fresh air in the Star Wars world. So I'll let you guys comment first. What did you take? Put your finger down. <laughs> what did you take away from this? Before Rudy gets into this, I think, tell me if I'm wrong. Do you You're think wrong. Each, do you think, <laughs> are they going to keep doing these like three episode like story arcs every time? Because it seems like this is a beginning of another mini, mini uh, like story within like the no. overall. I, I think you're looking at it. You're looking at it wrong. I think they just dropped the first three episodes because it's a twelve episode series, and they have they want to have it finished by a certain timeline so it doesn't cross over into other episodes. I think everything from now on it's just going to be one, and it's just going to be a fluent story. You you guys didn't think the first three episodes was like yeah like episode no. one is the beginning, episode two is the middle, episode three is the end, like, no. and then we continue on the story from there. But, no, because like if if it didn't give if they didn't drop three, you'd be like, okay, here's the first one, got it, and you wouldn't think anything of it. No, here's the second no. one, got it. No, I'm sorry. I I thought that was not a complete story, but a complete mini story within the overall story. That's what it felt like to me. And then and then episode four, it feels like the beginning of another mini story. And I don't know. Go ahead, Rudy. What do you think? Well, at, at first glance, I'll, I'll tell you my highlights and, you know. No, no. First, first tell us your one takeaway. Like, like if you saw the whole episode, what's the one takeaway? And then we're going to dive deep dive into I, it. I think my one takeaway would be that I feel like this was the beginning of how Cashin and or starts fighting for a cause. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that before and I said it in the, in the last podcast, right, that he was just a thug like day to day, like hustler. I'll do whatever it takes. And I think this is the first time where he's talking to Luthen, right, in the spaceship, like within the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the episode um, where they're like going into hyperspace or whatever. And they're talking. I think that's the first time he convinces him like, hey, like like this is for a cause and he accepts right and him taking that first step into doing this with seven fucking people right he's thinking that he's gonna go in there with a fucking okay i like your plan where's your Mm -hmm. army uh there's like six more dudes right um right so i think i i think that definitely was like my biggest takeaway that this this is the beginning Right, like this is the All beginning, right. you know. Um, yeah. And, and we'll, we'll get both. more into it, but you you tell me what was yours. So before before like we go, you know, we dive into it. I my my biggest thing that I loved about this episode is finding out there was a money heist. Hmm. You know that you come to find out they're about to, they're, they're the equivalent that they're stealing is going to pay off 
not only the whole rebellion, it's going to give them armory, ships, uh, guns, anything that they need to get this whole thing started. So you got to imagine they're, they're stealing billions. That's how big of a payload this is going to be in this, in this planet. Now, going into it, um, what did you guys, what did you guys catch? What did you guys see that really like had you guys thinking, oh, okay, this is this is different. I I, I, let you know, I just wanted to say one quick thing about the the money heist. It's not a, yeah. only all about what that money can give them, but mm -hmm. the money they're they're taking away, right? Yeah, you know because that is going to definitely ruffle some feathers, right? Um, and, and it's and it's not just for one world. It's for an entire sector of the Empire. Yeah. So imagine how yeah. much, you know, like you're saying, billions upon billions, I think. Of, I think of, I look at it this way. It, it's like they're stealing Fort Knox. That's, that's about, in my head, that's how, I, that's how I picture it. They're stealing all the gold in Fort Knox or whatever has the most gold, and they're just taking it all. Um. D d diving into this episode, you know, honestly, the the thing that really wowed me, other than um, the beginning scenes where the, where Luthen and Cat and Cassian are going back and forth about joining the cause, and like how you said, Rudy, you know, have have purpose to this life. The way Luthen transforms into the antique dealer that has rare artifacts into this like beautiful flamboyant man that knows every, all the high end people deals with people's and people in government and God knows who else. The transition was amazing. I was like, yes. this guy's really honing in. And I was like, this is this, that's why they can't figure him out. Yeah. Would you, what anything that you guys took out of that episode that really stood out? You know, that kind of reminded me of like uh, when, when Jim Carrey, was doing that uh, Andy Kaufman, Andy Kaufman movie. How when mm -hmm. he was portraying Andy Kaufman and the moon. Was normal, and then when he transformed into like some crazy character, uh, Andy Kaufman was portraying. That's what it yeah. seemed like Lucian was doing when he's normal Lucian, and then into the flamboyant Lucian for the customers and whatnot. I thought yeah. I thought that was a good comparison. Yeah, I like, think that was a good call, it? dude. Because like it, it happened right in front of our eyes, and and I think that speaks to the talent of this actor, right? Because he yes. literally transformed in front of us. He was acting uh, uh, the transformation, but he was actually doing it. When he starts like, mean... doing the smile and everything, like, he was kind of making these movements <laughs> to, to be... I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is so good. Like, this is so good. Um, and, like, you know, you, you, got, you got introduced to a lot of key old-school factors... Uh, not only just people, you got introduced to planets that we finally recognize. Coruscant was a big was a big factor in it. You know, the last time we saw Coruscant is when Anakin became Darth Vader. So, yeah. to me, that was huge. And then going into it, you got to meet Mon Mothma Mon and her Mothma. backstory. Yep. And that that was another key factor for me, only because of her history of being like. You want to call it a founding forefather of the rebellion? Great. The her and the her and I think four other people that I mentioned last time, with um, possibly a mention of Bail Organa being introduced soon. You know when she says I had someone. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I have a theory about that too, but go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just pointing out key features that I that I saw, but I don't want to hog the screen. So what, no, what yeah, key things I mean, kind I mean, of stood out for you guys? To me, like it was all over the episode, right? I mean, Mon Mothma is one of the ones that I was like, man, she's been in movies, she's been in um, the fucking Clone Wars, she's been everywhere, right? And for her, for us to see like the young version, right, like a younger version of of her, mm -hmm. and like starting to plot, and like one of the the, the key things or my takeaway is that when um, when they're talking in the shop and she says like, she wants to introduce somebody new. Right. And he kind of ha had some hesitation and I was thinking about, um, uh, what's his name? You mentioned them. Uh, uh, Organa. Yeah. But I think that he's already involved. I think what they're one introduces Leia, you know, I think she's, she's the new member. I think um, the... But that's her... I mean, I can't... I don't think they're introducing... Well, only because it, you can't introduce the daughter if the dad's already in there. Well, as a new member, like he, right? Like... Yeah, but I think he I think he would introduce... I want to bring... He would be like, I want to bring my daughter in. Mm. The fact that we haven't seen Bail Organa, I think... That's the member because, like, let's put it this way: What were they talking about in the back room? They were talking about moving funds. We need funds. You said you, I, I need to feed my, my my troops. Yeah. So, where if she can't move funds, where can she get funds from? Well, a man that owns a planet, maybe. Uh, so, like, uh, let, let's get Bail Organa involved. That's just my guess. It could be anybody at this point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What? Yeah, Z, but that was. What that did was... you? Any is there anything you took away from the episode that kind of like, um, you know, from a perspective of someone that isn't a Star Wars fanatic like me and uh, Rudy? I, I liked it. It was a good story overall. Uh, I liked how uh, I'm finally seeing how you guys were saying it's kind of like a, a spy thriller or whatever when you guys described it in the first three episodes. It finally mm -hmm. hit me in this episode. Um, and then also on top of that, I like how Andor was really not interested in doing the heist until he 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 told him, "I'll give you money up front. I'll give you two hundred thousand up front if you do this heist for us." And it'll mm -hmm. and then it'll show you how good it is to be a part of something that's on the on the side of right, on the side of good. And then yeah. maybe in the future, you might just decide to be with us for for the right reasons and not just for the money. And like how you were saying, that's planting the seeds of the character we saw in Rogue One. So mm -hmm. I, I like that too. And um, I, I, I kind of love how... And he the, gives them... Oh, uh, the crystal. He gave him the crystal, a $50,000 like, uh, down payment on that 200000 <laughs> I and, mean, I, from, from, my, from my standpoint, I, I think I had mentioned something in the last episode that there's a kyber crystal possibly hanging... From the rearview mirror did, of the did. ship, I was like, "Oh!" And shit. then, come to find out that that's not the crystal we need to worry about. It's this kyber crystal that Luthen just handed Cassian. And the fact that, okay, so I know he told him, "I'll give you two hundred thousand credit up front." This thing is worth millions, and I know he said, "Only don't take less than 50. This is a freaking lightsaber weapon's main um, <laughs> main main ingredient. Yeah. So. Um, God knows where, where this kyber crystal is going to end up. 
And this motherfucker just wearing it like he's taking it off. Like I'm like, ah, because he says like, just just bring it back, bring that shit back. So some of the other people that we got introduced to um, was you saw the, I guess the Imperial IRS version or IRS FBI version oh, yeah, yeah. of the Imperial Revenue Service or whatever you want to call them, um, and kind of almost like the heart and soul of our evil bad guys and how they work and almost you, you look at them as an evil corporation at this point, mm-hmm. you know, everything is by the book. Certain things need to happen before certain things don't. And then we got introduced to Grande or the lady with the, the blonde hair. Um, she has, I don't want to say she has ulterior motives, but she has insight and her gut is telling her that there's a, there's a rebellion coming. You know, she wants to investigate the the, the stealing of the uh, the the device that uh, Cassian had because it's some it's a it's a device that was stolen under her watch, and from other clues that she's been seeing, she's feeling and she's trying to tell people like, look, man, there's a rebellion coming. I know it, and no one wants to listen to her. So yeah. that that was interesting to me. But yeah, and what was interesting to me is that I think that. Um, she still thinks, right, like like most of them right now, that, that they think they're the good guys, right? Yeah. Um, and, like, Major Partagas, like, who was uh, Meister Clyborn from uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. Um, or Kyburn, whatever. Um, yeah. You know, I think they already, they're already involved. Like, they know what's up, right? Um, because, like you were saying, like, the last episode, right, I think this is – kind of spreading like the nazis right like they didn't know there were nazis until like they knew like oh shit well they were like we're this mass organization right but i think that there are some like like supervisor deidre that like they think they're the good guys and they think they're you know just going after somebody that stole something and she has this gut feeling Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to see um how it's originating right because you know of course we know you know, we, we jump a few years later and then like there's this mass empire uh, or evil empire, right? That is fucking destroying planets and shit. So so it's interesting to see, uh, to say the least, but it definitely. They remind me so me. much. They remind me so much of the of the Nazis and how their mentality was and how Hitler had everyone, whether you want to call it brainwash or not. This is the same thing. The emperor has everyone brainwashed and thinking that he's the good guy, mm-hmm. and that we're doing right when really he's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. And the perfect example of that is the, the the in episode three, the the that security officer leading the investigation. Yeah. He thinks he's in the right. He thinks he's he's the good guy. He's like, they killed two of our security officers. They killed our men. We have to investigate. We have to this and we have to that. You know, he thought he's on the side of right, but you know, as we all know, he, they're not really. So I thought, you know, you're right. That's a perfect. Uh, I mean, jumping but, into some of the some of the Easter eggs that I saw, a lot of a lot of the callouts to previous movies. I think this episode was full of them. I mean, we've already talked about how Coruscant was a big factor in it. Um, the fact that if you, when you looked at the the antique shop that Luthen's in, you saw in the background 
an, uh, a Mandalorian armor that people are talking about belonging to Jango Fett. And then crazy. you saw a shout out in the background where there was uh, almost looking like a Darth Vader samurai suit with the spikes coming out of its head. It was all black. That was literally from Force Unleashed, the video game, where the Star Killer Destroyer, or the Star Killer, I think his name was, and that's what he wore in the game. And I was just like, "Holy shit!" And I, and there was another thing. Oh, when Luthen and Mon Mothma were in the background, um, you saw both um, on the shelf a Jedi and a Sith holocron, and holocrons were famous because of the. Um, the last Skywalker. So, like, there was just, like, little tidbits everywhere, just call-outs left and right. And they mentioned, um, I think it was a planet called Anwala 6. Well, Could be. they were, t- oh, what it was is, like, okay, so there was a scene right before we introduced, got introduced to Mon Mothma, a ship was landing, and it said it's coming from Anwala 6. What's funny is, I don't know how Anwala 6 plays around, but Anwala 7 is where we first met Mandalorian and Grogu. That's where he found Grogu. Yeah, that's right. So, like, all these call-outs are, like, just mesmerizing to me at this point. Like, I I get it. It, That's, like, deep-down diving nerdy, but I'm just the nerd I am. There's a Jedi, too. Um, I'll put him on the screen right now, but his name is uh, Plo Kloon. And he was from the Clone Wars, and it was a Jedi that, I don't know if you remember, um, he kind of wore, like, these um, goggles and a mask. Okay, uh, no. That, like, it was part of his, like, biomechanical um, armor, I guess, uh, not to be mm-hmm. redundant. He died in the Clone Wars, but there was a mask that resembled that so much in that... Um, like artsy place that were, were uh, yeah the antique shop in the antique shop yeah so um, I think I I saw that and I was like oh shit is like is that it like I'm wondering if that's it you know because I was trying to look at everything but um but nonetheless pretty exciting what about the Tie Fighters man for a quick yeah. for a quick second yeah. for a quick yeah. second I was like oh <laughs> is there anything you caught Z that kind of like had you. Thinking about previous movies or shows? The only thing that I, I wrote down that uh, I don't know why they did this, but I, I guess they don't even trust their own people. Is <laughs> there, He's not using his own name. He's using the name Clem yeah. towards the heist crew. So. Now, was that the name of, I guess, his foster father? Was was his name Clem? Oh, I think it was uh, Clem Andor. I, I think you might be right. Yeah, I think you might be right. So, so sense. like, but I think they wanted I, I, to is, protect his identity, right? Because first of yeah. all, he's a fugitive. Like they're looking for him, and mm-hmm. they didn't want everybody else to know, like because they introduced him as someone that was already part of the plan, right? Because because Vel didn't want him, right? Yeah. Which which brings me to another good point. Um, that Luthen kind of snaps at her, right? And I li- I liked seeing that. Yeah, like he was, you know, like. He's gonna come, like he's gonna help you guys out or whatever. No, but whatever. He's like, You're gonna me. You gotta take him, you know, like and which makes you think, like, are 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 they related? Like, do they what what kind of relationship do they have, right? Um, 
I would like, <laughs> I'm definitely dying to find out that uh, backstory, right? But, you know, she takes him in. And when we meet the, the other characters, right, that aren't, most of them aren't welcoming, except for that one guy um, who's from um, the young Black guy. Mirror. Yeah, the young guy from Black Mirror. And I think he's on another Netflix show, uh, something about fucking the world or something. Um, fucking the world. All right, yeah, cool. something like that. Uh, it's a, it's a is it a porno? Actually. No, no. It, unfortunately, <laughs> it's not. But the Black well, Mirror episode, you have to watch it because it's pretty fucked up. But well, uh, let me ask you this: yeah. what What do you guys? Where do you think episode five is going to lead to? I'll, I'll start with you, Z. I mean, I I just want to see how they're gonna. Put together, I mean, do the actual heist. I don't know if that's going to be in five or six, but that's that's what I'm looking forward to at this point right now. I want to see, and especially after every single person on the heist crew was complaining that they're adding Andor into the crew, I want to mm-hmm. see how they're actually going to integrate him into the crew and and get the job done. That's that's what I, I'm going to be waiting to see how that how that works, and if they actually get out of there all alive. That's what I'm anticipating. Rudy? Yeah, I think it's going to... So so they talk about... Um, and I think I had it written down here. The the plan, right? And the, um, the Makani Bridani, that's what it was. The the star shower, right? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. The meteor shower. Right? And, and, and that was their plan of execution because from Earth, it looks beautiful. But up there, it's chaos, right? So the plan of execution is trying to leave... You know, before and, and once that shit starts exploding, you know, that'll prevent the TIE fighters from following them or whatever. But mm. right after that, we see this character come in like in the fucking bike or whatever. And he's like, what the fuck is happening? Right. Like, you know, these these motherfuckers are like right on our asses and whatever. So I think the next episode, we're going to see that like the infiltration, like that first step of the infiltration. Um, into their base, I think, you know, I'm hoping. And and I believe the next episode is going to be a lot more action-packed. I, I, I think we're not going to see, like, a lot of, you know, uh, antique shops or anything like that. I think it's going to be a lot more action. Why you got to say like that? Well, because, <laughs> man. Because, man, it's my, <laughs> my biggest thing that I'm looking forward to, I think – is that dinner that they were she was looking over or Mon Mothma was looking over the guest list because a couple of names that she said were people that remember when Palpatine was still Palpatine and he was talking to the Senate, the two people next to him. Yep. One was a very horny looking guy, not horny looking guy, <laughs> but horny looking guy. So it looked like Zaya? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um he his his <laughs> name is um Masamidas. Okay. So him yes. and also Slimewar. <laughs> Not yeah. making this name up. Slimewar was the bald Slimewar was that bald lady next to Palpatine. The thing about her is she's with like very the, with like the fucking neck shit, right? Like Yeah, yeah. Completely pale looking, bald head. She She's very force sensitive, yeah. And she could read people. So, like, if she's having dinner with Mon Mothma and she reads something off of her, well, what's going to happen next? So, like, I think there's going to be a lot of tension during that during that dinner scene. 
that party scene, whatever you want to call it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that like interaction. That's interesting because I we'll didn't, you know, I, I, I know they prefaced it. I just didn't think it was going to happen. But now that you're saying it, yeah, like it will, hopefully we'll see those characters. Yeah. yeah. If, they do, if we do see them, I, I, will, I am looking forward to that then too. Yeah, that, that would be anything that can include a potential Palpatine cameo, a potential Darth Vader cameo, Leia, you know, anything that can bring us to what we've always loved uh, and loved about these characters, the, the core characters. If there's anything that can bring them back in, you know we're going to be like drooling at the, at, at the fucking teeth. Uh, Star yeah. Wars adjacent news. Did you guys hear that... Uh... What's his name? The voice of uh, Darth Vader is retiring from voice James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones, and he, oh. he recorded a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. and and to, for this AI company, so they yeah. could use his voice in future movies and shows, but without him actually needing to be there from now on. So for Obi Wan, smart, he didn't really voice anything. They used his voice, but he didn't actually like have to mount and do anything. Yeah. They just popped it into the computer, said the words, and that voice came out. Exactly. So I think it's okay. You know, he's he's done it for almost 100 years yeah, now. Yeah, he's like 90 years old or something. Uh, it, it, what was the first movie, 77 or something? Probably yeah. even before that. Who knows? I mean, the, I mean, let's say the 70s. That's from the 70s, 80s, 90s. He was already was old. Once? He was already an old guy. Like mm-hmm. 60 years, bro. I mean, yes, I mean, he, I think he, he's okay. He, he doesn't need the paycheck anymore. In, yeah. He's, he's awesome. I bro. mean, he probably he's probably licensing them his voice. Oh hell yeah, yeah, yeah! And yeah, he just his, doesn't have to go to work anymore. His great grandkids <laughs> are gonna fucking see paychecks, bro. Um, yeah. So uh, I I liked also uh, you know before we move on that they dropped uh, Sagira. I think they oh, they, they yes. dropped his name, so I think that might be a cameo that we'll see. Yes, here soon. we have to see him. I would love to see. Uh, I mean, he's in the trailer. We're going to see him. He's he is, in the right? He is, right? That yeah. Chris Whitaker's going to be in it? Yeah, yeah. He's he's in there. He, Saul Guerrero's going to show up. I'm a little, I'm a little yeah. drunk right now, I'm, so I can't... Is he going to be more human than machine than he was in Rogue One? Probably. I don't think he's going to be asthmatic. <laughs> is it going to be uh, like Daredevil? He won't need the... No, that's not... It's a sore subject. Too soon. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna see Saw Gera in episode twenty-five. Uh. <laughs> he never showed up. It was all a lie. Damn you, Disney! But uh, are we uh, are we good with with Star Wars? Should we? Yeah, uh, I think we've covered. I, I think we've covered all the all the plot holes, Easter eggs, what we assume is gonna happen next. So, moving on. All right. So, speaking of jumping timelines and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a segment and, and prequels. Ten years. <laughs> How many years, Zaya? Ten years. Um, we start the House of the Dragon episode. What is it? Hold on. Let me let me jump in there. Episode six. Episode six. Sorry, 